are you sharing this much because you're seeking attention are you sharing this much because you're seeking authentic connection are you sharing this much because you know you're lonely brian do you have social media rules well for example uh i have no idea what you guys have been saying for the last five minutes because i was checking my instagram Welcome to episode 55 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, a gin and tonic, a scotch neat, or just a glass of water. You can watch us live Tuesdays, 9 p.m. at pubtheology.com, and you can listen to us anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, as well as the New Thought channel on your Roku device. Tonight's episode is brought to you by our official sponsors. First up, Casual Priest, the maker of fine clergy duds, and they're based out of Sweden. They're clergy tops, tailored, modern, confident, stylish. If you go to our webpage, you'll see Brian adorned in one of their uh, casual, in one of their uh, stylings. So if you are a member of the clergy or know someone who's a member of the clergy and want to update their look, with something a little more chic and modern, head over to casualpriest.com. Or you can enter for a chance to win Casual Priest outfit through our show. You do that by calling anytime, leave a message on our Casual Priest hotline. That's 980-PT-LIVE-0 or 980-785-4830. Yeah. And you can join the conversation of our show also, anytime on Facebook, Twitter, any social media, use the hashtag PTLive so that we can find your comment. And our wine sponsor is Wink Wine Club, W-I-N-C. Wink features superbly crafted wines d- delivered right to your door. Get started at trywink.com slash PTLive for $20 off your first order and other savings. Also want to mention that I will soon be at the Wild Goose Festival, July 13 to 16 in Hot Springs, North Carolina. It is an art and music and story-driven hanging out experience. Yeah, in the woods and hills of North Carolina. Are there mountains there? I suppose there are some mountains there. Uh, and there's camping, yeah. there's focus on justice, uh, a lot of great musicians and speakers. And anyway, I'll be recording an episode there at the Goose Cast at the podcast tent. So please come see me, come listen. I believe Saturday night of the festival, I'll be recording. So you can be in the audience and uh, catch an episode recorded live. We gotta, we should, we should make some Puppy LG Life swag for you to take down. Yeah, we do need need that because they have a swag table, you know, some stickers and stuff. Now we're going to do something cooler than stickers. We'll talk about it later. Uh, I don't know that we have a budget that's cooler than stickers. Um, You just have to be creative. You don't have to be wealthy. Okay. When you find that free swag web website, you let me know. Again. Just saying. (laughs) 
You were going to buy stickers. You can buy other things that are cooler than stickers for the same price. Just trust me on this, okay? Mm, we'll, 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 we'll talk chat, later. We'll chat. Stay I, tuned I hear, for swag. I hear her volunteer to head up the swag department. Brian was speaking. <laughs> yeah, see what I do with? I can't see you, but remember, I can hear you. <laughs> so stay tuned for some swag that's cooler than stickers. That's I'm writing these interruptions on paper and holding them up. <laughs> you can't see them. Oh, man. So tonight, timely perhaps, we discuss technology. <laughs> we talk social media. We talk privacy issues. We talk how do you manage your digital media consumption? How do you determine what to share and what not to share? Are you worried about privacy? Do you think less privacy leads to better behavior? In other words, if people are watching, do we tend to act better? We'll talk about that uh, and explore some of those themes uh, as they show up in the book and the movie, The Circle. Though if you are listening and haven't seen the movie or read the book, you're, you know, join the club because we all haven't either. So <laughs> there you go. But, you know. Brian, you didn't see it either? Oh, I've seen it and read the oh. book. But, but I know we I know. all in this circle haven't. He kind of he kind of hinted that. And I was like, wait, wait, you haven't seen it, but you're throwing in questions about it? That's... No, I, I've seen it. I've seen it. So I can't see anything tonight. Speaking of technology, if those of you who are listening on the audio podcast only it doesn't make a difference because you can't see either so we're in this together <laughs> my name is brian burkoff i am a pastor in holland michigan uh, officially as of saturday sunday night Ooh. an official ucc pastor Yay. Oh. I, I got a question i got a question yeah but what were you all this time uh, well, I was ordained in the uh, denomination that I was ordained in, which was the Christian Reformed Church. So I I was still in that, even though I've been pastoring a UCC church. They sort of gave me provisional status, but not quite official status. But now it's official. Gotcha. Well, congratulations, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It feels good. It feels good. Also, author of the book, Pub Theology, Beer Conversation in God. And tonight I am drinking a Reverend Monk, once again, working through my stash. It is a Belgian triple from Saugatuck Brewing Company. And with us, as usual, Ogan Holder and Tina Simmons. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I am Reverend Ogan Holder, and you're drinking a, a what is it? A Belgian triple? I'm it's drinking... A a, a Belgian double. Nice. It's got uh, one up on you. That's true. And um, for the tray, I think less is more, though, is what I like to say. Uh, I'm I'm Reverend Ogan Holder, a uh, minister of Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts, author of Rants to Revelations, and all-around good guy. There mm. we go. Wow, true story. Is it my turn? It is your turn. Um, first, I want to. This is Tina Simmons, and I wrote the book Xandrell Being Human is Overrated. It is a fantasy fiction story, and I I was told a great tagline this week. Um, it the the series is about what happens when Mother Nature gets out the wooden spoon. Nice. <laughs> Isn't that awesome. Um, and tonight, I'm glad to see we're all back to normal. You two are drinking beer. I'm drinking wine. It's a Chateau Saint Michel Dry Riesling from Washington. Ooh, nice. Got to honor my state. And um, congratulations, Brian, because I know that that was something you were uh, really excited about and really working towards. So, 
Thank you, Tina. Good luck with your, your church because it's, it's an exciting thing. I appreciate it. It is exciting. Now, um, wait, quick question before you move on about your church. Do you, I, I made the assumption that you are handling the, the, uh, the social media stuff connected to your church, or is that somebody else's responsibility? Oh, no, we have a staff of me, so I'm doing that. Well, you're doing a bang-up job. You, you need to give yourself a raise. I, 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 love, the, uh, I love the Holland UCC posts and the, and the branding stuff you're doing. That's, that's, you got a gift, my friend. You've got a gift. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it much. All right. Thanks for paying attention. So what uh, what percent uh, ABV is your Belgian double, Ogan? Ooh, ooh, I should, I don't know. Does it say on the, on the label there? Um, they don't, they actually don't say it here. I think it's, this isn't it a, law? This is from Smutty yeah, Nose. Yeah, it has to. I know, Smutty Nose Brewing in New Hampshire. Oh, Smutty Nose. Yeah, that's a good one. Unless I'm missing it, I really am not seeing it here it's usually on the back right above the upc yep yeah that's where i'm looking it ain't there okay well if it's local and they don't ship it out it it may not have it but federally they have to have it and i'm wondering if um so when i bought it um at a craft beer seller or former sponsor um you know, it was sitting sitting in a six pack, and you pull out one as you go in the store and make your own six pack. So I don't know if it was on the case or oh yeah, back thing. But I think it still yeah. has to be on the bottle. You know what I did hear today though, and I don't know if it crosses um, wine and spirits. Oh no, I'm sorry. It still has to have it on. It just doesn't have to be checked by the government. Forget it. Carry well, you on. Know what? In New Hampshire, the the state motto is "Live free or die." They do whatever. Right? I know. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. If if they're not shipping it out of New Hampshire, they they probably just don't do it. So, but I'm in Massachusetts though. I am. Yeah, in, yeah, but didn't you go to New Hampshire to get it? No, I went down the street <laughs> here. Wow. Like that. Nice. So I don't know. Um, Hopefully we didn't just get them in trouble. But nope. all, all is, all is good. So mine's a 10% or. Oh, which I, is, which oh, I got good. it. I got it. Here it is. Okay. In my defense, look, it's printed. <laughs> It's printed right here. Where but Ogan, you could have let him finish his sentence. <laughs> Wait, I. It's printed right here by the UPC, which someone said five minutes. No, ago. no, no, no. It's not by the UPC. See, on the actual bottle, in in faded white print, there's a best before date, and then the ABV looks like six point six percent. But even that's faded. See what I'm saying? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. It's not on the label. So I got a pass. Thank you. We'll let it, yeah, we'll let it go. We'll let it go there this go. time. This time. I apologize for interrupting. I got really excited. <laughs> You're like a five-year-old. I know. All right. So we are talking technology tonight. Uh, if you had to choose between the two, and perhaps you already have, would you do you prefer Android or iPhone? iPhone. <laughs> Lemon. Android all the way. Android, Android, Android. Mm. You know, I I started on a Mac in high school, and Mac programs to me are just visual. They're easier to to navigate. They're just user friendly. It's just, I don't know. I I will not argue the user friendliness point, um, but I like options. I like variety. I like to be able to uh, 
um, make my own choices and add-ons. I think with um, and I'm philosophically against the the Apple philosophy, the the Apple uh, you know Steve Jobs thing was you know people don't know what they want. We're gonna tell them and we're gonna create this walled garden and we are gonna manage everything and it's all gonna look the the same. So. Oh, again, I don't think that's I, I don't think that's a bad way to, to see things because different people are different and some people do need things that way. They need everything to be consistent and to be, you know, easy to manage and they don't want to have to worry about stuff and bother with stuff. Some people like chaos. Some people like the simple life. But yes, by definition, different people are different. Um, I think that's implied in the statement <laughs> oh man what oh wow all right and, so, and i'm not saying no one and i'm not, not i am not saying nobody should use shouldn't use an iphone i'm not telling folks don't use iphones i'm just sharing with you why yeah i, I prefer android That's yeah. well i have my own thought uh, but mike on twitter said he had android before but he moved on to an iphone and he says i'm never going back go mike so yeah. Mike's on it. Apple power, dude. Mm. Mike. <laughs> Brian, so, Mike Brian what about you? Because you have a Brian, you have a Mac laptop. Do you have an iPhone? So I went the reverse of Mike. I started out with the iPhone and then I went to an Android partly because I moved to such a rural area that I couldn't get internet. And I heard that you could hack into Androids and <laughs> unlock the the Wi-Fi hotspot, and so I did just that, and that's how I'm on this podcast right now. There you go. So, so but don't, 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 tell, don't tell Samsung and don't tell Sprint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice, nice, nicely done. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, and, and, that, and that's, I mean, that's the other reason I like Android, which is they actually encourage their users to mess around with the, with the stuff, and and improve it that way so like so like when they're um working with a new uh update um they will pre-release it let the users try it out at their own risk of course play around tool with it uh you know figure out how we can make make this experience better it's i think it's more of a community idea android versus a control idea with apple and i know i am um i'm generalizing in many ways but it's it's yeah. it's just how it feels and it's how it's felt from the beginning it's, it's, it's partly true that apple has a much tighter uh, whether it's the mac or the iphone they don't want people sort of going behind and sort of messing around with the operating system or things of that nature um because they want the consistency and they want it to work and they sure. they want control and i'll play devil's advocate believe it or not um I think Android is only really now getting to the place where it runs consistently and smoothly like iOS does at the beginning. Android, what Android was just a hot mess, and they were, and it was always trying to, you know, work so hard to try and figure things out. Mm. Over time, let's be clear, they've both stolen concepts from each other. Of course, um, you know when when iPhone first rolled out, you couldn't run multiple apps at the same time. We opened one, the other one shut down, and they were like, "That's for you know to keep the keep the processor running smoothly for best user experience." And then there were users were complaining that you know, hey, but my Android friends when they got something open, you know, another app keeps running in the background, so they can go back to it without having to you know 
restart, login. So so they both and 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 when you look at Android devices coming out now, it's clear that they steal design concepts from iPhone. I mean, okay. to Apple's credit, they've always had a, a much better looking feeling product in hand and yeah. so many Android uh, manufacturers or or I would say device manufacturers that using Android software are, you know, taking cues from that as well. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't like the verbiage you use though that they're stealing from each other. I think it's um I think it's from. a smart thing to do. Like I think it's best for the consumer when when people do that. Like like they're they're talking about the first um, self-driving car and who's gonna be the first to it. And they were talking um, I was kind of surprised by the three. It was Apple, Google, and Tesla. And I thought the three of them have all completely different technologies that if they use them together, they will come up with the most dynamic car. But as long as they're competing against each other, they, you know, it's, you're not getting the same effect. But I think competition is good though. Competition allows things to stay affordable for I, us. I like collaboration. And listen, there's collaboration in the tech industry when people move from company to company to company. I mean, it it it, it happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but yes, uh, st stealing is probably not the best verbiage. Uh, taking cues from and and realizing again what the consumers want. So when you know when they realize why Android users are going to iPhone, you know, makers of Android devices are like, well, let's let's see why that is and see if we can improve our products that way. So. Um, either way, we spent too much time on the. <laughs> we are. We, yes, very we, much. We went a long way into this. Oh wait, not on the topic. I could talk about this all hour. I mean, on our. Yeah, we can tell. On, on our devices, we're we're all spending too much time on our devices, anyway. Oh so. well, that too. I think you've got them both right there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Speaking of our next. Uh, Next question is a quote from the author of The Circle, and I'm not quite clear if this is from a character in the book or a comment the author himself made, but either way, it's a good and interesting quote. He says, you know how you finish a bag of chips and you hate yourself. You know how you know you've done nothing good for yourself. That's the same feeling, and you know it is after some digital binge. You feel wasted and hollow and diminished. So I thought maybe we'd talk about our digital consumption and how we find balance in that area. I've never felt bad after finishing a bag of chips. I don't <laughs> I knew it. I can't relate to that comment at all. You know, what is he talking about? <laughs> I'm telling you, I mm. finished one this afternoon. <laughs> felt great. You know, and that was before dinner. And I was like, all right. Life is good, man. Exactly. So I don't. I don't know what's all this feeling bad about hating myself. No, mm, mm. Um, I feel proud of myself. I'm like, <laughs> dusted that puppy off. What's what's next? <laughs> so you feel the same way when you binge watched the whole season of the OA on Netflix. You're like, yes, oh, absolutely. I, I feel awesome. Oh, ab ab absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so no balance is the key. Hogan says. That's no, what it sounds like. No rules. Well, well, didn't you say you're the Enneagram type that you're either like, Sitting on the couch, or you're going full speed. I am. I am. <laughs> and you're nine. happy both places. <laughs> Body at rest, staying at rest. Oh um, I. I think. I no. I didn't. I didn't say that we do this every day. I mean, everything. Everything. You have to have balance. <laughs> everything in moderation, even moderation, is is where I am. Um, 
and it's so funny um someone was making a comment to me the other day about my prolific social media postings yes let's talk about that and i found it interesting because like this right now in my life is like the least i post on social media ever like sometimes days will go by where i've only posted one thing and, can you imagine and, and i know right <laughs> and then and then, i know and i want to say to them you missed the time where there was like 10 15 posts like a day <laughs> so you're saying right as in lately as in as in the last few years my 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 social media consumption and contributions are very much diminished and and i'm also in the habit of sometimes taking the occasional social media sabbatical where i take a few days off and don't even uh pay attention to anything on social media and not just ignore the phone like i mean i log out of the apps and everything i know so so i i mean i do get like chills thinking about it right now but it happens um i and i think part of that is is being very intentional and mindful about what i consume and how much time i spend consuming it and also shifting more and more to paying attention to what I think is ultimately more important, which is the real people in your life right in front of you. Mm. Um, I'm just going to say on that note, though, is I use um, Facebook, especially as a media to keep in touch with people that are not right in front of me. Um, Agreed. That's my primary mode. You know, I, I know you guys know I live across the country from my family and a lot of my um, friends that I, you know, grew up with. So to me, like, that's just me catching up on their lives. And I don't think I ever really binge on it too much. I definitely check it too often. But, um, like, I won't sit there for hours on it. But what yeah. about you, Brian? Do you have that digital guilt binge? Yeah, you know, sometimes. And also because I partly for my my work, both my church work and my nonprofit work, I do social media stuff. And the challenge can be, it's like I go to Facebook to do a work post and, you know, you just find yourself like 20 minutes later, you've been scrolling and liking and commenting. And it's like, wait, why did I open this tab? And you can't even remember why you got there. And, you know, 20 minutes. And then you forget what you were supposed to do. <laughs> and you forget what you're supposed to do, but you had to go there for work. And then it's like you get sucked in so easily. It's just, it's a hard technology to just jump in quick, do that thing. But I, you know, I've, I've been training myself to do that, especially when I have a lot on my plate and I have to kind of work through the list. Uh, but it can be easy to just, you know, you don't even intend to sometimes. And there it is. And there are also times, you know, like before bed or, you know, times when there's just kind of a lull in the day. It's like, oh, I'm just going to scroll the Twitters or the Facebooks and see what, the Instagrams and see what's happening with folks. It's like it's a living being that just sneaks up on you. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, uh, to Tina's point about uh, about staying connected to uh, people who are not in front of us. Yes, I think that is one of the most important and valuable parts of social media, as well as um, um, sharing, um, you know, messages in terms of uh, getting word out about things, whether it's you know social justice, uh, whatever. Um, but but the issue is. You know, not many people are completely honest on Facebook or on social media. A lot of people um, share a very uh, curated image of themselves. And then you have 
people who get depressed. I mean, it's documented who feel depressed and envious when they see, you know, the, the curated storyline being put out by people and wonder why does my life life not look as good as that? I think um, that, that okay. Happens. Yeah, that does I, happen. I'm sorry, I, I get that, um, and I have heard that, but my whole thing with that, like, I don't post a lot of negativity on Facebook because that's not what I want to spread in this world. I don't post rants about companies or about the government or whatever because that's not what I'm trying to spread. Um, I, you know, you guys know I went through some very difficult years. I wasn't blasting it all over social media because I had a close tribe that that I had for that part. But I post positive things because that's what I want to see in other people too. Like, not like I, I, I appreciate when people not, share with me. No, 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 but I see what you're saying. But I also think the people that are saying that about um, getting depressed and whatnot aren't happy with their lives to begin with. And they're just not doing anything about it. There's, or they're not there's, grateful for what they have. There, there's an element to that. And and I also think we we have to be aware that what we're seeing is not the full picture. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing is not the full picture. And when we can remember that, then it may be, you know, we don't get in a situation where we may be envious of of another person. And, and what Nobody puts on Facebook their entire life. I mean, right. that's all you'd be doing if that's what you did. Well, I think that's what Ogan is saying, that you're just keeping yeah. in mind that you're getting a glimpse or a slice of someone's life. Yeah. You're not getting the full shebang. And for yeah. the most part, that slice tends to be just the positive good stuff is what I'm saying. So people posting, you know, pictures of, you know, their vacations and all the happy kids, mm-hmm. you know, which, in, you know, in reality, those of us who are parents know that these kids ain't, ain't this happy all the time. That's just not happening. Yeah. Yeah. One example, you know, we went on spring break recently and we posted pictures on the beach and all that. Um having a good time, but there was also a trip to the emergency room at a hospital in a town I didn't know at 3 a.m. and a kid who was sick in bed for two days. And, you know, we weren't posting that. We were telling family and friends, you know, who could be aware and pray for him. Um, But if you only saw my Instagram feed, it looked like it was all happy-go-lucky. We are jealous and envious of your, like, beautiful model type, your (laughs) model-looking, like, your fam. You got beaut. You got a beautiful wife. You got beautiful kids. I mean, like it's like put you all in a in a catalog, okay. you know. And it yeah. looks well, crazy. then then they'd put me on there and they'd have to burn the covers. So, <laughs> oh, stop. I, I know. I I see Especially your your point you going on now. Sorry. Oh, will you I, stop I, with I, the freaking beard? Did you notice that I trimmed? Yes, the beard? you trimmed it. You trimmed it. <laughs> Look out. Um, I I hear what you're saying, but also don't you think like we're in when we're in the middle of that stuff, we're not thinking about posting on social media. Like we post on social media because we're happy and we're light and we're doing stuff. But when we're in the middle of an emergency room visit with a kid, we're not sitting there on our cell phones. We're taking care of stuff. No, no, and but some are. Again, uh, we like to play any generalities, but there are some people who overshare. They are. We all know them. We all have them in our feed. Those people who do share when it's three in the morning and they can't sleep because the cat's howling outside. Is anyone else up? No, I'm sleeping. (laughs) You know? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I can respect that too, though, because you're just trying to find somebody to talk to. I'm not going to name any names, but there might even be people who've been on this show before who I would consider high volume posters. And it's just, it's an interesting way to live. I think. 
Oh my my goodness. I I, I <laughs> no names. No names. Please don't listen. <laughs> Killing me over here. Um I think Woo. it all comes down to intention. Like, you know, I don't I think it's less about quantity or even to some extent qualities, but the intention. Are you are are you sharing this much because you're seeking attention? Are you sharing this much because you're seeking authentic connection? Are you sharing this much because you know you're lonely and and i mean so so for me it always comes back to intention because if your intention is in a depending on what your intention is you know the the sharing makes sense or sometimes it doesn't and then we have the other issue that's really prevalent is the the uh the, the addiction to the feedback you know when we when we post something yes. we share something and like five minutes later is why hasn't anyone liked this yet? And more and more, you know, people are linking their sense of self-worth to their online persona and the responses and reactions that uh, come from it. You know. Well, that's going to be a medical condition soon, watch. And they're going to come out with a pill for it. <laughs> probably, you're probably right. You're probably right. I mean, they're already, they're already like, I mean, therapists already treating it. There's already like, retreats that you can go on to deal with this kind of stuff and oh you know, my gosh. I think there is I think there actually is an official now diagno diagnosis in the latest DSM that speaks about that kind of like social media type addiction. Yeah and I think there is a chemical boost right when someone likes or comments <laughs> favorably on something you've posted so there is a a chemical a potentially addictive nature to it and if you're not careful you can find yourself craving that or always trying to outdo your last clever post uh, so that you can get more whatever and yikes and that being said we do encourage and welcome all our listeners and viewers to post on our social media <laughs> yes and exactly I'm there's not too much there <laughs> There's the catch twenty two though, right? Or uh, we we've 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 gotten ourselves into this place where this is a this is how we converse, this is how we respond to each other, this is how we and we and we hide behind it when we you know make perhaps sometimes hurtful anonymous posts yeah. in the comment section. Hashtag never read the comments, um, <laughs> you know, and stuff and and Sears harm. Has been done to to individuals by trolls and all that kind of stuff, and it's, I mean, it's 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 a dangerous place, and and it's fascinating to see how uh, companies like Facebook and Twitter have evolved. When originally they were like, you know what, we just providing the platform, people can post whatever they want to post, and now they realize that they have a much greater responsibility to help monitor that, mm. so that so that it's their platform is not being used for really harmful. And detrimental purposes. All right, so I have a question. Hit it. How? Just one. Yep, it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Who's interrupting now? Who's interrupting now? So they're all. What? Yeah. What about when? Okay, what about when you're just doing something in life, right? Real life, you're maybe out for a meal, you're hanging out with a friend, you're on a date, you're doing something exciting. How do you monitor or filter when you when you should share something via a photo or a status update or a tweet versus when you should just let it go and be in the moment? You know, what I, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 
when when i think more and more when we're doing things in life we think and if it's something that we're enjoying and we feel good about often we're kind of like boy it'd be kind of cool if everybody else knew this was happening right now so how do i quick share this or so, so capture this so um i'm reading a book called and 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 currently doing a talk series called um it's based on titnan han's book called silence and you know Buddhism in general, but Thich Nhat Hanh especially, has always been a big proponent of mindfulness. Like, whatever you're doing, be fully present to it. Um, and, yeah. and therefore, not only just be more engaged, but then you get more enjoyment out of it. Be fully present. And when we're in that place where we want to, you know, we're in something and we want to share, we're not being fully present um, to it. You know, we're at concerts and, and our phones are up and we're filming or you know uh it's we're not being fully present and enjoying it fully i don't uh, understand why taking a second to snap a picture is not being fully present i understand if you post it and then sit there and chat with people afterwards but i don't think snacking snapping a picture isn't i think it's no. trying to capture a moment and i don't know snapping the picture and I, I agree with you about snapping the picture but the question was about then sharing so you snap a picture in that moment do you put your phone away and share it later or are you sharing it yeah. in that moment? But so the question he asked though was about, about sharing. So if in the moment we're in some event, we're in, you know, in the pleasure of somebody else's company or their family, you know, repose, take a picture and, you know, I'll be the first person to say I'm guilty of this. Um, you know, taking a picture, we're posting, let me post it on Instagram. Ooh, let me link up my Facebook. How the Twitter people going to see it? And next thing you know, like three, four minutes have gone by as I'm figuring out all the different ways I'm going to share this picture. What what witty caption am I going to use? What <laughs> hashtags am I going to come up with? Ooh, you put I way too much into it, Ogan. <laughs> hey, if you're going to commit, you got to commit. You know, and then next thing you know, three, four minutes have gone by that you aren't being fully present with what's, you know, in, in, in front of you. And then you're looking to see how people are reacting. Why is nobody loving this great picture I just posted of this thing? So we that's can, the part. That's the part where you're not being fully present. When you cross that line where you're checking to see who liked it and who, you know, that that's where I think now you're no no longer present. You're present in the the ego of is everybody liking me on social media? You're also not fully present from the time you pick up the device to share it externally from what's going on in front of you. Then you okay. know because if nothing else, your mind has already left there, and you're like. I have to share it with the rest of the world mm -hmm. instead of being fully present to it. So, yeah. so, and and this is the hardest piece for me. I'll wrap myself up. This is the hardest practice for me now as well to become fully present. So, like, I'll give you a great example. Uh, like two weeks ago, maybe, um, took a trip out to California, Marin County, when I met up with you, Tina, and that whole time I took, I was on social media sabbatical. So the days that I was over there, the three, four days, I posted absolutely nothing. Now, I did take pictures to remember the event and the people and so on. And then I shared some of them later. And for me, I was I was really checking in with myself. I remember the beginning of the trip, there was that withdrawal anxiety. Like I remember I had a layover at, at, at an airport and I'm sitting there and I go like, wait a minute, why am I not getting any like Facebook notifications about anything that's going on? What's happening? Why is everybody so silent? I totally forgotten that I'd, I'd logged out of my Facebook app to start my sabbatical. 
So I was starting to already feel withdrawal from it, you know. So, but by the time I'm now uh, enjoying the company of people and what's going on, it was really a different experience of being present for me. I wasn't thinking about posting. I wasn't thinking of, do I have a good enough phone signal for this video clip to upload? Uh, you know, I'm not worried about any of that stuff. I'm just snapping a couple pictures and enjoying my time. And I posted it three days later. And guess what? It didn't make a difference to anybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. same amount of people liked it and same amount of people ignored it. It's like, yep. same thing. Yep. You know, Brian, do you have social media rules? When well, for example, uh, I have no idea what you guys have been saying for the last five minutes because I was checking my Instagram. And, uh, <laughs> really not sure what. Uh, awesome. <laughs> partly true. Um, I caught the last part, Ogan, and I, well done for you. Um, I think that that's excellent. Do I, you know, I don't know if I have rules, but I, but like Ogan, occasionally I will like set my phone away when I'm participating in an activity. And it do, you do notice, as you said, Ogan, that withdrawal. Um, it's like, you know, you find I find myself reaching for my pockets to take a picture or to check, you know, yeah, like if there's a tweet or a you know something I should like, and when it's not there, it's like, oh, okay. But then once you get you push through that, it's like, it's almost like this relief, like oh, I can just be here. And this affects honestly our spiritual practice as well because you know it's it's such a strong distraction it makes it harder to do things like meditate it makes it harder to do things like pray like or simply just sit with a coloring book for some of us because again unless we shut the device all the way off yeah. then you know notifications are pulling us away and for those of us who suffer from fomo fear of missing out like that's that's a hard thing to wrap our minds yeah. around sometimes you know but again not speaking for everyone so how would you compare this to let's say prior generations and when there weren't these handheld devices that could take our attention let's say um you oh know, my god there's, ri- a great, there's a great comment. you're you're right yeah you're riding the the subway yeah. but your your face is in the newspaper or a novel Right. Like compare that. I think there's some similarities because you can get absorbed and engrossed in a novel and shut out to the world. But I do think it's a little different. What do you guys think? It is because of headphones. Uh, what? So nowadays people are on their devices on. And they don't hear. So the audio, it's the audio. And more and often the than not, there's visual. headphones in and there's music going while they're you know, scrolling or whatever, or they're watching videos and they're not, there's no interaction. When Brian talked about, you know, someone reading a novel or, you know, reading a newspaper, you know, like you used to see in Mad Men, everybody in the train with a newspaper, yeah. at least they could still converse with each other. And, you know, at least you knew that kind of everybody was reading the same thing because they had the same newspaper. And you could have. They, they could, but did they? I mean, like you said, on Mad Men, they're all sitting there reading the paper. Like, I was, I was your paper's there. up. You're not talking to anyone. I wasn't there. I don't know, but but I think I think we are isolating, or it, it's that, and that's the the irony or the paradox about this um, these platforms that were designed to connect us more are simultaneously isolating us more from each other in the present. 
You know what? I am going to completely disagree with you because we live in such an extroverted society and we are constantly bombarded with being social and having group conversations and group this and group that. I think social media is awesome for the introvert. You don't have to leave your house. You don't have to, you know, like mm. I just, yeah. I, no, I, I see that other side to this. I see that. It can yeah. be. I agree. It, it can be. Yeah. And I, and I've also heard not only for the introvert, but, you know, I've, I've heard friends say, you know, if you're a, if you're a um, single mom or a, or a, or a, I should say a stay at home mom or a stay at home dad, and you just can't get out like you would like to, it's a way for you to say, Hey, here's how my day's going or to be in touch with friends and see what they're doing. Even though you can't necessarily get together as easily. Um, it's still a way for you to feel like you're looped in. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, if, if we're, you know, if a bunch of people are out, and they all pick up their phones and look at them. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Like maybe they just needed a break, you know? Like it's it's wearing to be social all the time. <laughs> Says the introvert. Says the exactly. Wow. Says the introvert that's in sales. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Explain. Explain mm. that. Listen. Uh, it's a tool. It is a tool that is inherently neither good nor bad. It's all about how we choose to use it. I think that's right. I think that's right. So I'm going to shift us slightly into this uh, quote from Eamon Bailey, a uh, main character in the circle played by Tom Hanks in the movie. Uh, and his character is developed even more in the book, but he's the CEO of this huge company. Imagine Google, Apple, and Facebook all converge, maybe even Amazon. And they're all the world domination, same company. Listen to this quote. Secrets are lies. Sharing is caring. Privacy is theft. All that happens must be known. Mm. So the idea is that if we have the capacity to share all of human experience with everyone, we should do it, whether it's through uh, cameras everywhere, audio, recording everything, uh, capturing every experience and making it available you know, on the cloud or online for everyone i agree with the first half secrets are lies and sharing is caring i believe in the first half but i don't believe in the premise that follows i don't believe privacy is theft i believe privacy is a right <laughs> yeah yeah good and i don't believe that all that happens must be known there is there is some stuff i don't want to know now, this is because <laughs> don't want to know yeah hashtag tmi tmi there's stuff i do not want to know Please stop telling me. So no, I, I I don't I don't believe that at all. But so you do. So uh, secrets are lies. See, mm. not not nothing, and you know nothing. I don't. It okay, and it. I guess it depends on who we're talking about. But nothing good, I think, comes from keeping secrets. No, yes. I, I believe we have to be tactful in how we share information and timely, and and again, it all comes down to intention why are we sharing but i don't nothing good really no. comes of secrets yeah i wouldn't say they're lies but i completely agree with ogan like what is the point of keeping secrets um if and i can't remember who it was it was like uh, ancient philosopher it was like you know if he would have three questions like is this relevant to me is it true and do you know it firsthand like if that's you know like 
that I get, like, it, the, the is it relevant to me part? I don't think everybody should be privy to every bit of information. Yeah. Is right. it relevant to me? If it's relevant to me, I should know it. There shouldn't be a secret. Yeah. So what about this idea? Uh, someone at our pub theology conversation last night said that um, we don't have as much of us, many of us, where we live, we don't have as much of a small town experience anymore. And that in the old days, uh, in a small town environment, people used to know what other people were doing. Therefore, people behaved better. And his comment was social media maybe brings us back to that because we can be more aware of what everyone's doing. And so we behave better. I don't think, do think people behaved that? better. I don't think do people think behaved better in small town settings. Yeah. I think they were they just kept their mouths shut about a lot of stuff that went on. I'm I'm with I'm with Tina on that one. I think yeah. I think I think they were better at secrets. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Wow. They were they were good at unmarked graves. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But trust me. <laughs> Uh, I don't think there was ever a time human beings stopped behaving badly. Nope. I, know. <laughs> I know. So they, I mean, so that comes up in this film uh, a bit that, you know, if we could have cameras in enough places, then kidnappers and terrorists would never be able to get away with anything because there would always be eyes on them. What do you think about that? Like, do you behave better if you know uh, you're being watched versus when you when you feel like you're alone and no one sees? I don't think I behave better, but like I wouldn't go out in my hot tub naked if I thought there was a camera outside. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, I just said that. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's okay. the truth. Like, yeah. some things are just and, private. And we are. There just a reminder: my cam my camera is not working right now, so. <laughs> I couldn't see any of that. <laughs> mine, mine, mine is. So let's not mess. <laughs> no, but do you see my point? Like, not yes. everything should be public. No, exactly. I, you know, I think people are going to find a way to behave badly if they want to behave badly. And the more you put constraints on them, the more they're going to find a way to do it. You know? Yeah, and talk about how you behave like the motivations of your behavior when you think someone's watching. Is that the is that listen, a pure is that a pure motive? Listen, um um integrity your your integrity setting is where it's at. Yeah. I don't, like if you want to steal, kill, plunder, you're going to do it regardless if there's cameras on you or not. You're going to find a way. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so uh, if cameras are on you all the time, you'll find a way to hack into the cameras to do the same things you'd be doing if cameras weren't on you. So I don't know that that's solving anything. Hmm. Plus it's going to increase people's paranoia. And what you're basically saying is we don't trust you. We don't trust you. So we got to keep an eye on you. By the way, who is the we that's keeping the yes. eyes? And, yes. and, and who is deciding what to do with that information, which is the dilemma we're all facing now. And I believe that was uh, from what I saw the previews and the overview of the circle. That was the dilemma. You yeah, know, who's controlling right. the information? What are they doing with it? And by the way, while we're on this, let's talk about a real world issue right now. The whole net neutrality thing, which is, are y'all aware of this? Yes. Yeah, Tina had a quizzical. Vaguely, vaguely. So the whole net neutrality concept is that internet service providers cannot, um, um, for example, throttle your internet speeds for certain products from other companies, you know, so, um, and, and the, um, the, 
the current administration is seeking to roll back those net neutrality rules. So for example, if your internet service provider is, I'm just using this as an example, and I'll use the company that I have for my cell phone service, Verizon. Let's say Verizon goes into starting creating videos and content and programming. You know, without net neutrality, what they can do now is uh, slow down your internet speed for when you're watching Netflix and make their products have better internet speed so that their products come through better and Netflix doesn't come through as good. Uh, you're okay with that? No, that's what, but that's, no, I'm not okay with that. I not okay. have yeah. the same um, internet speed and bandwidth no matter what content I'm consuming. And that's, that's what right. net neutrality keeps in place. Mm -hmm. But But the current administration wants to do away with the net neutrality rules so that companies can determine you know what speed you get certain content at and therefore removing the democratization of the internet um, and that's a real thing that and uh when the obama administration was was the law of the land they made sure the net neutrality was maintained right. um so again it's about corporations again trying yeah. to Run put them all in, put them all in the ring and let them fight it out that's 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 all <laughs> well, I'm hearing. and i think related to net neutrality they also passed something recently that uh online providers can sell their yes. can sell our our online information our browsing history our whatever you know yeah but you know what this all goes through and we're all going to be taking sabbaticals <laughs> ah, ah, ah. from the internet and social media and no, we can That's be all fine. using we can all using Tor browsers and being on the dark web. Yeah, exactly. The hack, yeah, exactly. I'll, the I'll join the dark side. I don't care. The dark side. <laughs> so, so I think we all agree that it's a bit creepy if every and and not to mention creepy, but an invasion of privacy if everything I'm doing is um, is not private and is available to corporations or the government or whoever. How does that relate to God? Because one of the uh, key understandings of God is that God is omniscient, that God is all-knowing. So God is always watching. How do you feel about that idea theologically and spiritually? I guess that depends on your view of God. Yeah. So, uh, so Tina, did you did you grow up hearing that view uh, or believing that view as a child, and did that impact you, or did you not really think of it that way? Um, I grew up being taught that. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess I believed it to a point, but it didn't really stop me. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I've, God, always been a, this. I've always been an intrinsic motivation kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I like, you. I, you know, and I, I don't know. I just have that problem of seeing God as this big punisher in the sky. You um, do see I, God as that. I will echo Tina. It, it, it didn't stop. It didn't really stop me either, but it made the experiences a whole lot less pleasurable. <laughs> Unintended. Um, and um, but but I'm going to I'm going to uh, tweet what you just said, Brian. Um, where I've shifted with my understanding of God is not that God is omniscient or even omnipresent. Yep. But God is um, omniscience from adjective to noun. So instead of God is always, you know, with omniscient is knowing everything, instead of saying God is knowing everything, God is all knowledge. 
instead of saying God is all powerful, omnipotent, God is omnipotence, God is all the power. So it shifts it from this idea of a being possessing and doing these things to the very energy. You know, my understanding is shifted from not saying that God created us or God created the universe, but God is the very act of creation happening. And that kind of shifts it for me a little bit and makes me a whole lot less paranoid that Big Brother is watching me. Yeah. Do you think the government um, regime follows our ideas of what God is as, as a um as a society. societal mass, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The the I mean, the, the Judeo Christian principles are all over um, in, in, embedded, implied, inserted in how in how we structure the laws of the land. That's that's clear. Yeah, but I think Tina was asking, uh, do do they try to tap into shifting trends about theological views, and does that shape how they may? use that language or not well no 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 uh, let me let me clarify um maybe you're right i'm just thinking from like an overall perspective like the government that we have in place not that they're doctrine like yeah maybe it is that that the government we have in place is the government we want in place because that's how we see god and we want our government to mimic how we see mm. god mm. Um, and it's almost like the most fearful people put the the yes. government in place because they're afraid that they're not going to have their God anymore. Fearful people elect a um, an autocrat or a dictator. Yeah. Well, I'll even go the other way. You know, people are fearful that when they feel like they have a loving God or a God that believes everybody should have rights, you know, they... They want somebody in place that is, you know, like that is is like that father figure that agrees with all of that. Does that make sense? It, it it's does. almost like whoever's crying the loudest gets what they want. Ah, it, it okay. Does to okay. A point because here's the thing: um, none of the people ever went away. So the people who were who were fearful and and believed in in the you know the god that's controlling and doesn't want everybody to be happy they were always there the whole time when the other side was in power i i think what it boils down to is who you know whoever's in power is a result of those of us who decide to get up off the couch and go vote hmm. <laughs> you know i don't uh because both because because i mean let's look at what just happened in our recent election you know when when you count the popular vote, the current president did not win. But right. we have this electoral college that says he does. We have a beautiful but, system where that doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> but but my my point I'm making is that one can argue that both sides turned out. Both both sides. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thanks, Windows. I'll update later. <laughs> both both sides. There's a beautiful uh, both, both sides turn out to let their voice be heard sure so you know and i think you know to use continue that metaphor you know when it comes to god we we have all these multiplicity of views and understandings of god always showing up and you know again 
Yeah. None of them right. None of them wrong. They're all just one facet of attempting to understand something that's beyond or limited ability to define or understand. It. Okay, but but follow me. Keep going with my my track here. I'm not oh, saying I that. Oh, I cry so hard every night. It's it's. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Um. So, like, no. My point is not just the current regime is fearful, but like I see a lot of fear in people now. Um that you know we probably all agree with but i sure, see a lot yes. of fear that people are going to lose their rights and da 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 and all of a sudden they become the louder voice and put somebody in office you know what i mean like i just yeah. i feel like as long as we have this duality we have this back and forth of who and it's almost we're being led by fear and negativity and there's got to be a way to stop that is all mm -hmm. i'm saying I, and i think the way to get over that is to take the long view like like they will always be three steps forward two steps back we we don't we don't improve evolve and progress linearly we do it in fits and starts yeah. and when you really take the long view of things i always maintain we're we're getting better sure people are afraid of this current administration rolling back rights and and we're seeing this in this ridiculous healthcare thing that's going on you know but but here's some things that are never going to happen we're never going to roll back women's ability to vote and 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 rights <laughs> been established to them granted granted that we still have a ways to go with that i mean good luck if they ever try to roll back you know same-sex marriage you know yeah um, no doubt so 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 again but then we have, but then in the midst of that, we have states like, you know, North Carolina and places that want to, you know, try to, again, oh, infringe on the rights of individuals. So, um, so again, fits and starts, fits and starts. But this is how we progress. And, you know, I always, I always maintain what MLK said as he, you know, borrowed the quote from theologian Theodore Parker, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it's bending towards justice that's really hard to tell somebody who is being affected in the moment though yes. absolutely yes, oh no i agree with i i agree i'm just yes. and i think of a mutual it friend when is. i say that yeah i i agree with you and and Man. but that's what i say to them too sure it doesn't may not help in this moment and i don't believe that because of that idea of the arc bending towards justice doesn't mean we don't act when an injustice is being enacted upon us, we have to raise our voices. We have to go, you know, march in the streets. So we do something about it. And there will be wins and there will be losses. But when when there's a loss, let's remember, again, that long view. Let the long view give us hope to fight another day. Let the long view remind mm. us that the marches, you know, weren't for nothing. This would be a perfect segue into our next topic, which is more political, but because of the time, we're going to call it a wrap and stick with our focus on uh, technology and privacy and media. Can we do it after hours, Brian? Maybe, we, well, maybe we can stick around for, the, for some after show or after <laughs> hours, as it may be. Let's um, dim the lights, get the distance. Yeah, we're gonna dim the lights. I'm gonna pull out the, the bottle of wine. Move on to the hard liquor. We're doing the after hours show. Ooh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I love it. Ooh. Wow. Pup Theology 2.0. There you go. 
Any any final word along the lines of um, media consumption or social media use or privacy? Anything along those lines that you'd like to end us with? Secrets are bad. Privacy is good. <laughs> Secrets are bad. Privacy is good. Um, everything in moderation, even moderation. So, yes, go sometimes take a Saturday and binge watch a whole series on Netflix or something. And eat a bag of chips with it. And eat a bag <laughs> of chips when you're, while you're doing it and feel good about yourself afterwards. But then when you're out with people, you know, at the pub, doing pub theology or sharing a phone conversation or, you know, out in the park, like be fully present. Put the phone away when you're going to a music show. Put the phone away. Be fully present to the people and what's going on around you. Agreed. Good word. Good word. Be present. And I, I, I appreciated your comment earlier too, Ogan, about seeing social media and technology as a tool that we are in control of and that we can choose to use for good or ill. And uh, let's, let's make proactive decisions uh, about how we um, consume media, how we uh, put ourselves out there on social media and how we integrate that into our lives. Indeed you. Indeed. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pup Theology Live. Remember, you can connect and spread the word on social media. You can, speaking of technology, listen anytime. Isn't technology beautiful? You can listen anytime to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iTunes. Just queue up our podcast, Pup Theology Live. And if you want to find, speaking of real life, a conversation like this at a pub or brewery in your town, check out the directory at pubtheology.com or find resources to start your own group. (laughs) (laughs) Dramatic pause. (laughs) And thank you again to our sponsors, Wink Wine Club, who you'll find at trywink.com slash ptlive and Casual Priest, who you can check out at casualpriest.com. And please don't forget to leave us a message at 980-PT-LIVE-0 or 980-785-4830 to win free gear from Casual Priest. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Have a little trouble holding it together at the end there. What? Woo! Well, I'll just say that 10%er started to catch up with me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta drink some more of those more often. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. What, what was our politics question? So our politics question is a quote from Emily Heath, uh, a UCC pastor. Uh who, uh, yeah, Emily says, our job as pastors is to teach the faith, is to present the gospel in an honest and relevant manner. And yes, that means sometimes the gospel will be political in the best sense of the world, of the word. It will require us to work for justice, etc. But then she says, but on the other hand, political does not mean partisan. As soon as we start to equate the reign of God with a particular candidate or party, 
we have committed idolatry and we have crossed both a moral and civil line. I like that. Um, I agree with her. I think idolities, idolatry is a little strong, but uh, do you? Do you really? Um, Ooh, I, yeah, I, I do. But I, I do agree. I, I think the issue is that we have lost sense of what the word politics mean. And as soon as we start speaking about politics, you're right. It becomes partisanship because of our current climate. Like I actually said this on church one Sunday politics is not a bad thing for us to talk about politics politics is the agreements we've made about how we govern each other you know and sometimes we have to speak to that we have to say hey i live in a country where i don't want this to happen or i don't want my government to make this choice for me and, and again this is, doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on we have a right to say that that's what governing and politics is about but we we as soon as we say it you're right. It becomes a we we hear I say politics, but people hear partisanship. And I know that there are people who stop showing up in my church, for example, because I've said things about, hey, maybe it's not right to ban people from entering our country based on their religious beliefs. That's just where I am, because if we as a community unity say we honor all paths to God and decisions are made concerning how this country is governed based on a path to God that somebody may not agree is right or wrong, then I take issue with that. And I think it's my right to say it. Yeah, that's your right to say it. But I don't think you were like backing a candidate by saying that. Oh, no, no, I wasn't. That's where I think it kind of crosses the line is when you're like, and, and, you know, I can say this because I'm, I'm not a minister on this show, but, you know, I kind of think of my minister as like a counselor where, you're supposed to get me to explore myself and, and, you know, my beliefs and my faith, not tell me how to think. So that's why I completely agree with that, that quote. Brian, do you have instances in your church where people say, I come to church to get away from that. So I don't want to hear it. Yeah. You know, it's really, really tricky. Uh, I mean, I, I like a lot of what Emily's saying here, and I also wrestle with it. You know, um, we had a the, the lectionary this week was uh, John ten, and Jesus um, using the analogy of uh, being a shepherd and sheep, and he's saying that the sheep know the voice of the shepherd, but there are other voices, uh, other people who the sheep might be tempted to follow, which are duplicitous and corrupt, self-serving voices. And I brought up the example of the recent healthcare law and that, you know, there are some who claim that as Christians, you know, this seems the right thing to do. And I said, well, I, you know, I would question that, but I brought up, you know, I don't agree with this political move and I don't agree that our administration uh, is in favor of it, but I would not say, I think X political party is, the, you know, is the one to follow or vote for, but I would, I will talk about specific policies that hurt the poor, that hurt the elderly, that hurt, uh, you know, the sick. And I think the gospel calls us to speak out on those things, but that doesn't mean now I'm saying, here's who you vote for, or here's who's got it right with politics, but let's work toward a better solution because our faith calls us to it. Brian, it's a good thing you don't work for the government or you would have gotten fired. 
Well, uh, listen, listen, on, on, um, on hey, some yeah. ministers I would, yes, I, yes, thank you. I just caught that. <laughs> I would have been fired. But, you know, on last Thursday, which was the National Day of Prayer, also, it was Star Wars Day, so a little awkward. You know, we had the... <laughs> the Who are you praying to? <laughs> and prayer, exactly. I don't know what's going on there. But on National Day of Prayer, uh, Trump signed legislation that says churches can now be more explicitly political. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not going to end well. <laughs> so, so before I commented on the whole health care law, I noted that he had passed that law. And I said, just so everyone knows what I'm about to say is not illegal. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> you can say whatever you want. You know, I loved, I, I, I loved, and I share this, uh, uh, Hugh Hollowell's post. I don't know if you guys saw it, but he said, you know, in, was it Luke? The story of the Good Samaritan. What was that story about? Someone who was injured. And what was what was the response? We will pay for the health care. The stranger, the Samaritan, took care. He didn't just take care of the guy who was injured. He took him to an inn and he yeah. paid the innkeeper. That's right. And he paid for his medical care. Like, like, and that's, that's the Christian thing to do. That's what Jesus, you know, shared in that, in that story. When he says, who is my brother? Anyone is. Who's my, who's my neighbor? Yeah. Who's my neighbor. Right. Exactly. So, so, you know, it was very apropos. So, so I do have trouble with people who would say, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, AKA follower the teachings of Jesus and then say, you know, I agree with this uh, mandate. Hey, can I can I change the course of this discussion real quick and point out that like Ogan's the one doing confessions about social media through the whole show, and Brian and I are the ones posting on Instagram. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am. I, am I, I rest my case. It was funny. I am being Sorry. fully present to you too. I'm being. I'm leading by example, being fully present. Woo. Send it in. Oh man! <laughs> All right, friends. Run. Likewise. Good times. Good times. We'll right. chat next week. Boy. When you can okay. see. When I can see. Exactly. Good night. <laughs>